Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. The first home game of the season went pretty well as we saw off Bournemouth relatively comfortably despite a nightmare start and a scandalous red card for Alexis McAllister on his home debut. Fellow new boy Dominic Sobersley stole the show with a brilliant performance while new signing Watari Endu was also given a second half run out and acquitted himself pretty well. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and I'm joined for this one by Paul Natton. It's just me and Paul for this as the other lads who are at the game today are either still travelling back or they're getting ready for a big night trying to find people's kidnapped pets. Yeah, I'll explain that one later. Uh, yeah, so Paul, I think um, overall got to be fairly satisfied with that. Started with a home win, not too many like scary moments or anything. I think overall it was decent enough, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know to start the season with the wins, great. Um, managed to get my shorts on today. It was a little bit tenuous at times, yeah. but I've got my shorts on, which is always a bonus of the match. Um, and yeah, good to come away with the three points. Um, I, I wouldn't say I came away feeling especially confident about the season, um, but equally I don't think I came away terrified about the season either. I think I feel like really we're where I think we all kind of expected us to be. Really, I mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, certainly you. I think you were the first to say, Dave, but I certainly agree. You talked about us this being a season where we'd be really good going forward, and we'd be wobbly at the back, and and I think so it looks. And I don't really see many signs that that's going to change, certainly not anytime soon. No, because uh, it's tactics rather than personnel, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I think we did some silly things today, which 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 made it a little bit harder, mm. unnecessarily so, particularly in the first few minutes. Though Alisson had a couple of mad brain farts. Um, Trent. Trent. Yeah, Trent was, was a bit all over the place. Um, but I suppose we have to frame it all in the context of, you know, it, we are adapting to a new system and we can't just say... Well, we played the ten games last season. It should be fine. I just don't think that's the case. Um, I, th- I think I, the other thing that frustrated me today is, I mean, I was saying it before when we were going in. I really wanted Endo to start, simply because if he's fit enough to be on the bench, he's fit enough to play. And we, I really wa- don't want square pegs in round holes. Why don't we just, if we're going with the system, let's as quickly as we can get on with it the way we want it to be. You know, so I, I wanted him to start in the six because I, I felt that McAllister was all right um, but I felt limited really in what he could do playing that deep you know I'd much rather have him higher up the pitch Yeah. Um, so that was a frustration but then on the flip side of it I thought Sobersly was great <laughs> he looks yeah. really good Yeah. Um, he's got his first touch his awareness um, athleticism as well ath- definitely athleticism and also um just his, just his, his decision making, his temperament. It seems, it seems to be really good, and I thought Diaz was great as well. Mm. Um, you know, a shame that he's gone off injured at the end, because um, he certainly started the season really well. I think he was just knackered rather than injured, wasn't he? Oh what, no, he was holding his groin for a while. Was he before he went off? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I've not seen any press conferences or anything. I don't know whether Klopp said anything. No. Trent took a knock when he went off, didn't he? But I think he should be all right. That was just a knock. But he was, it's certain, well, I saw him holding his groin a couple of times in the few minutes before he went off, and I think he was waving to come off yeah. beforehand. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, in general, I think, you know, in the context of going down to 10 men, I think it's, I think it's a great result. But I think it's a mixed bag, really, in terms of what you take from it. It's pretty hard to take. You can't really take anything definitive, I don't think, really, no. other than just bits and pieces about players. What, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I didn't feel as though we learnt anything particularly new other than, well, it's not even new, but like 
Sobber's light just kind of confirmed the hopes that we had for him. You know, I thought yeah. he showed some flashes last week. He looked good. Um, I thought he was brilliant today. Really, yeah. really excited by him. Man of the match, would you say? Oh yeah, definitely I, I, by by yeah, a mile. Same. Yeah, not yeah, even yeah. not even close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just think we've not particularly learned too much. I don't think Bournemouth were very good, and I think if we were up against someone better, we may have had trouble there because of the way we started the game, which was was really sloppy. Mm. First fifteen twenty minutes wasn't good. Then we settled down. I thought we did okay after that, and then. When we went down to ten, I thought we did pretty well with ten men. You know, we looked just it's, as likely to score as them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some in good some ways, even play, a, little, a little bit better in some ways. Didn't yeah, we, we were creating chances. Yeah. Um, I think people stepped up a bit. I mean, I, I thought when we went down to ten men, and Sobersline moved into just centre midfield in, in a two, I thought he was fantastic. For, yeah, like, he you was know, brilliant. Just like the. Demanding the ball and taking responsibility and just driving us forward, and he was everywhere. I mean, the amount of yeah. ground he covered yeah. was just sensational. In- interesting on that, I heard I put Mersey side on on the way home. I- I'm five live. I was switching between the two. When I put five live on, when I was just when I first got in the car, and there was something on there, and I switched to Mersey side because you get more coverage of the Liverpool game. Mm. Um, and Sobersley was interviewed. I can't remember which which station it was on. One of those two, anyway. And he said that. Um, he said that he said he quite liked it when he went into the middle, but he said, and it was a different way to play. But he said Jürgen kept yelling at him because he kept forgetting he was uh, he was playing the six, and he had to he, he was he was getting his head up and wanting to come out and be more attacking. And yeah. he got he got a couple of balkans off Klopp. But I, I I that for me, I mean, that's the difference between as a fan and, and a coach the way you see the game. Because I I thought he looked really good in there. I didn't see any. I had no sense at all that uh, he wasn't doing exactly what you want him to do in that in that situation no. because he was really good. All, all I'd say to that is I understand like that you, the concerns that you would have about him charging forward, but he never lost the ball when he did it. You no, know, he, he played the right pass, he kept the ball. There was times when like he didn't play it forward, you know, he'll make a run forward with the ball and then he'll stop and then he's like, okay, there's nothing on here, let's go backwards, keep the ball. So... Although he may not have just stayed in his position, I don't think he put us at risk in any way because he protected the ball, he used it well. Um, yeah, but Yeah, I mean, it, I suppose it depends what, what he's being asked to do. But Endo's in there, so usually... You'd, I know we're down to 10, but you know, you'd yeah. still have like one sitting, one going. So, so there was always yeah, cover behind him. Um, just going I, back to your point there oh, sorry, about Endo starting, though. Yeah. What you said to me before the game, you, you never referenced it there, but it was a good point, was that you wanted them to play today with a view to Newcastle next week. Rather that's than, right. Yeah, that's and, right. And I think that's the most logical reason for starting them today. Because I can understand why you'd be like, okay, well, let's just ease him in from the bench or whatever. But that next week's a game that's going to be, his role's going to be really important, especially now, because he's definitely going to play because McAllister's not looks yeah. like, unless we win an appeal by some miracle, uh, we'll get to all that later. But um, yeah, we're going to need him next week. So, it would have made sense to start him today, and I I, I was with you on that, but uh, didn't happen. But he, at least he did get on, and he didn't come on into like a dead rubber either, where we're like four 0 up or something, and it's just all cruise control. He came in in a, in a tricky situation, so I feel like that was that was a, a nice way to introduce him. You know, there was, yeah, the game was he, still he in the balance, wasn't it? Definitely, and I, I, he, you know, we didn't set the world on fire. We didn't do anything stupid either. I just thought he was sensible. He was measured in what he did. He just he did everything he wanted him to do. Is but is 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 but he wasn't circumspect either. You know what I mean? He made the passes he needed to pass. Yeah. He kind of like he he basically played the way the write ups have said. Mm. You know, he's composed. He's sensible on the ball. He's got decent technique. Um, 
and he's got a, he's got a good head on him. Um, I, I, yeah, just coming back to the point about about Newcastle next week. I mean, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that game at the end. Yeah. But I just expect that to be much more blood and thunder in the middle, and I think that we're going to come under much more pressure. They they're much more physical, got a lot more power, and I think we're going to need him there. And what I don't want is him just, you know, acquitting himself with a orientating himself in a new role with new teammates, largely from scratch. Um, next week, I mean, I mean, he ended up getting. I mean, he came on at sixty minutes, and we played almost. We played like another six six minutes afterwards. So he got nearly forty minutes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still would have liked him to to have started. The other thing as well on that really is is more about McAllister because I felt I just think, yeah, McAllister's technically really good, and he can he can he can take the ball under pressure. I thought I was impressive today the way he was happy to do that, um, and he uses it well. But I just think. We want we want him further forward. Yeah, you know we want it's it's just a waste I think to have him there just because he can doesn't mean he should. Mm. Um, and I know it was a, a question of needs must I suppose. Um, but I just think I would much rather it had been we just started with with him in that position further on. And I I have to say as well I'm not sure about Gakpo in that role. I, I'm not I'm not sure about he was you know covering for covering for McAllister. Not sure about him there. It's not you know it, it's not that he did anything wrong as such, but I just think it's a little bit. It's again it's limiting for him. You know I think I, I like him. I, I like him better in the positions that we've seen him in the team where he can influence the game more and he can um, he can he can carry out a specific function um, that he's familiar with. I mean I suppose the one thing I would say about Gakpo is we know he's the kind of guy who's very tactically and tact- tactically astute. He's quite clever. He's quite intelligent. I think he understands instructions really well, and it won't take him long. It might take him a couple of games, but he'll he'll probably adapt to a new role. And Klopp probably almost certainly feels that having played him there. Um, but I just again, it's just I just really don't. I suppose for me, it's it's just about avoiding you know square pegs and round holes. You know, we're moving to a new system. Let's get everybody in the in the, their ideal positions in the new system and really drill that as much as we can. I know football doesn't always let you do that, as we've seen with injuries and we've seen with transfer window and we've seen with the red card today. But I think if there's any, as far as we can control that, I'd like to see us do that. Yeah. Um, only thing with with Gakpo, I'm with you. I'm not totally convinced by it, but I do think we may be singing a different tune in a couple of months' time. You know, if he, if he does keep playing there, I do think he'll settle into it because he'll adapt, he's, yeah. he's got the attributes to be able to do it, you know, so um, it's not going to happen overnight. And as you say, he's done nothing wrong. I don't think he's he's played badly. He's just kind of neither one thing or the other, is he? That You know, today right. it was like he wasn't... He's an attacking player in that position, so you're wanting to get some, like, attacking production out of him. You're wanting to see him do stuff. And he didn't really make much of an impact, but without doing anything wrong either. You know, it's not like he noticeably looked like he was having a bad game or anything, but you're just... You're wanting a little bit more. But I do think that'll come. You know, if he... If we persist with playing him in midfield, I do think further down the line, once he's had enough games there, I think he'd have adapted... And he'll do a good job for us there. And there's some similarities with with Sobersley in terms of like you know the way he can move with the ball and like he's big and Physique. physical and stuff. So yeah. you could see that like the two of those as like you know two of your attacking players. Obviously, we've still got McAllister as well. But um, I could see that working as an option. But it's going to take a little bit of um, time to gel on on the training ground and that. But just going. I know we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves with Newcastle because we will talk about that later. But Tiago will be back for that, won't he? So, 
possibly right, yeah, of he might come in for that one. It's it's just it's, yeah, it's good for us because if McAllister's is not available, at least we have got um, players coming back. I think I think Bajetic is on the bench today. Yeah. goes on the way back as well, so th- that's a good thing. But just getting back to today, uh, the start was. I mean, they had a goal disallowed early on, like just a ball over the top. Terrible touch did, by Trent. I mean, he's offside. Did you think so. that? How did you think that was offside? I didn't see how that was offside from from where well, I was. Well, it's obviously not offside when Trent plays the ball because Trent's played the ball to him. Yeah. But I think he's offside when the ball over the top was played. Uh, okay. The only thing okay. I found strange about it was there wasn't really much of a check. So it must have been really clear because they didn't need to draw lines or anything. It was like. The ref tried to restart the game immediately and then it was like, no, no, just wait. And he waited like a few seconds and then maybe like 10, 15 seconds and then they must have said, no, it's fine. But it wasn't like one where they've needed to have like a proper stoppage where they drew lines. So it must have been fairly clear that he was off. Yeah. The only worry I had is the way they've messed about with that rule so much that like when a defender plays at the ball, that resets everything. And Trent played at the through ball and basically knocked it past Allison and their lad as a tap-in. So the worrying thing there is like, well, are they going to just give that as a goal because Trent played the ball? I said, well, who knows? It, the, the way they've they've totally fucked up that rule, um, yeah. it's, a, it's a joke now. It's like that and the handball. It's, it's Too clever totally by half, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think my, the one thing I would say is is that I just the fact that the liner flagged straight away made me feel it probably was because they're normally much more circumspect, aren't they? If they think yeah. if you think there's any if you think there's Plus any doubt. They're really good they at keep the jobs. It down. I keep saying yeah, it. Like, absolutely. The yeah, linesmen, yeah, yeah. when it comes to offside, they're really good. You know, the 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 right far more often than the wrong on those tight decisions. Yeah. And straight away the flag went up. But again it does come down to the interpretation of like because Trent's played at it, are they gonna just reset it and you know, because we we've seen that before. I mean I'll never get over that. Like the the uh, the penalty Spurs got when Lovren's like slid to cut out a, a through ball to Kane who's like miles offside <laughs> and they went you played at the ball of course he played at the ball because he's he, he can't he's leave it <laughs> he can't yeah. leave it and, and 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 you know you're relying on like a linesman to say yeah he's offside or not you know you've got to just try and do your job and then so that's the worry now is like the way they've messed with that rule so much but I don't think we particularly like it, it should have been like a big wake up call, and I don't think it was because we just carried on like so sloppy. You've got Allison like fucking dribbling with the ball like thirty yards out and losing it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was dinking one over somebody's over the defender's head, over the attacker's head, and all of that, and playing people into into into, uh, into trouble. It's yeah. just silly, silly thing, you know. Uh, not under any pressure, making really, really bad decisions under no pressure. Yeah. So strange the way he does that. He's done that more in the last couple of seasons than he did prior to that, I think. I mean, as incredible as he is at everything else, when he's got the ball at his feet, he makes me nervous. I, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, and I, But I don't know why he's dribbling, like, 30 yards out. Sometimes, like, you, you know, he's played a pass and it's it's not a good pass, it's being intercepted, but you know what he's doing and why he's doing it. But when yeah. he's just like, I'm like, what are you doing? Just pass it to Canati and get back in your goal. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, and then Trent gives it away sloppily and, and then we're 1-0 down. I have to say, though, it was like one hell of a strike. He didn't half hit that ball, like that, uh, I've forgotten his name now, but like the, the winger for Bournemouth. Um, begins with S, doesn't it? Some Solomare uh, or Samaria yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he struck that really well. But yeah, just yeah, it was a good finish, wasn't it? It's a present which gifted yeah. to me, and it's it's the frustrating things yeah. like that. I mean, Klopp was saying last week about 
most of our problems are because like we're giving the ball away like needlessly in midfield and stuff and it's true it's like you, you can't do that and we do it far too often I mean we know Trent's a great player Trent normally protects the ball really well so it's just kind of you put that down to like just a bit of a one-off but he's in the he's in that position like you know we've changed our whole setup to have Trent playing there and then he's giving a goal away just with a bad touch in midfield it's like well you know that's not happening if you if you're on right back but I want to talk about that later actually just the um you know the system and like whether yeah, I mean we sure. will stick to it you know there's no doubt about it we will stick to it but whether like you think we should do but um yeah let's just crack on with it for now just going through the game so yeah we're one nil down we didn't react particularly well straight away i didn't think you know i think it took us a while to to start like settling down a bit and putting some passing moves together and then we do you know it was funny when 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 the equalizer came i i uh i had off you know sometimes we've had a, and i won't be able to remember examples now i've started to say this to you but i think you'll you, you'll know what i mean we've had a couple of examples over the last few years where there's been reasons to for the fans to start singing or chanting or applauding in the middle of the match, which is nothing to do with the footy. Yeah. And today there was there was that on I think 26 minutes for the Everton, the Everton lad who died on yeah. Bramley Moor. And I thought just as that applause started, I thought I wonder if this will just raise them a little bit, raise our lads a little bit, because some of them won't really know what the applause is for. Yeah. And and it, I think it did. I think it did. I think they just, they seem to just, they they, they, they seem to uh, be more purposeful. They seem to be more direct. And um, the equaliser came out of that, didn't it? Right at the end of that minute, it was. Yeah, I yeah. Was, I was just getting ready to sit down and, and we, uh, we scored. But did great, you get on to how finish. great the finish was, though? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, did you see that he set it up set it up himself? Yeah, he flicked did, it up yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, right, because we all thought it, I thought it had bobbled off, um, off a defender. I thought the defender had made a touch. Which took it up in the air and then he hit it there. I've just I just saw it when I got back before I saw it on Twitter before the video was taken down. Incredible. Brilliant. Goal. Fantastic. Who, who put the cross yeah. in? Uh it was Jota. Yeah, I thought it was, it was Jota. Sure. Yeah. Um it was uh yeah, really, really good finish. He started the season really well, hasn't he, Diaz? Yeah. Well, he's he's done what like you know, what people were saying. I mean it, you know, I I'm totally sold on him. A few of the other lads aren't, I think like um, I think you might have been one of them actually that was saying he's got to do more, you know, in terms of yeah, more end product, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just felt like that had come just because the way he started last season, it looked like it was there, and he was he was our best player until he got injured. So I felt like, you know, he, he was going to bring goals to the table. Uh, his first season when he arrived, he was brilliant, but yeah, he didn't maybe score as many as he could have done. But I did feel like that's going to come, and you know he's proven it now. He's scored in both games. I think you're probably looking at like a 15 to 20 goal season. I'd imagine. Yeah, like, yeah I would agree with that. I mean, he certainly he looks composed and confident. He looks, he just looks at home to me. Yeah, more he if he like plays he in the Europa. He, if he plays at any amount he, of Europa League games, then you can probably bump oh, that up to like 25. I, I, do you know my uh, frustration's too strong a word because I wasn't frustrated with him. I thought he had a really good game. But a, a slight kind of like regret after the game is that I thought he had that that right back on a, on a butty, and I think he could have taken him on more. Don't think and he got him the ball enough though, did. did we? No, probably not. That's true. But there was times when he just breezed past him. Yeah. Or, no, he did. Or, or yeah. he, and he's got this really lo- he's got that lovely little trick of making somebody commit, and he doesn't actually move the ball. The ball's still at his feet. He makes them. They, they think he's going to go. He pulls it back. Just holds it. Stood at his feet. Waits for them to commit, and then just decides which way to go, and off he goes. Um, he, I, he's, yeah, he looks like he could be really good. 
I think he's still got some way to go, yeah. But, you know, he started the season really well. But it looks to me like his ceiling could be really, really, really high. Yeah. Once the team is really firing, I think he's the one who could make everyone go, wow. Um, no, you know, on a weekly basis. He's, Do you know he's, what, he's... what I loved about him today as well? And it's not the first time it's happened. Because it happened last year against Palace when, when Darwin got sent off. When we got down to 10 men, he was another one who was like, right, give me the fucking ball. I'm I'm going to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like he he stepped his game right up when we went yeah. down to ten men. And then obviously yeah. I thought Mo did that today as well. Mo, Mo, Mo absolutely did. Yeah, he did. I thought I took thought, real responsibility, didn't he? Second half, I thought Mo was was really good. First half, yeah. I, I didn't think he was he, he was quite at the races. No, uh, same. And yeah, we need to talk about Mo and penalties. Um, I, oh, I think we're both. I we're wouldn't have had him on pens me. anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even let him take that today. I'd have already taken him off. We said this last season, but Klopp said, didn't he? They had they had a talk, and he's still on penalties. But it's not like he's set in stone. It'll be taken as it comes, and he's just missed another one. Thankfully, he yeah. got the rebound. But now enough's enough. It's, he'd it's be his like head, fifth, isn't it? He'd be fifth in line for me now. I think there's there's so many players who I'd be putting ahead of him on penalties now. I, I just thought it was a it was a bad penalty today, yeah. really bad. It was far too. It was like great height for the keeper, far too close to the keeper. Um, and not surprising. I, I, no, agreed, agreed. Everybody around me all went, mm, yeah. Mo. And uh, you know, if you go back a year, I don't think any of us would have said that. I think a lot of people go back about four years. People had some concerns about his penalty technique. Yeah, but he had too many wobbles last season. I think. Um, and Jules used the phrase on the way on the way back to the car. He said he's got got the yips, and I think he has. Yeah. Um, it, 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 yeah what you do know is that he absolutely will not want to come off them, and it will piss tough him shit. off mightily yeah. if he comes off them. I know it will. I would. Yeah. I I take him off him. I would. I take him off him. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, and this is not to get on Mo's case. I mean, I'll I'll wait until Stu's on, and I'll just let him do that. Like you know, because that's his favourite pastime. <laughs> But I mean, we're laughing, but it is. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was thinking about this through the week, like even before today, and it just in relation relation to you know the substitution last week and all of that. I think like two three years ago, I feel like Mo was untouchable, and his, his performances were, were such, and as you know, was standing in the game and everything. It's like okay, yeah, you you can't take him off in in a game like that that game, for example, you know. Not a game where you're a few goals up and you bring them off, or you're a few goals down and the game's over and you, you sub them. A game where it's in the balance, there's a lot at stake, and you'd expect him to be someone who's making a difference. Taking him off in a game like that a couple of years ago would have been like, no, you just can't do it. And Mo's attitude seems to still be like that he's still that player and I don't think he is that player anymore I still think he's like you know an incredible player one of the best in the league but I do think his level's dropped ever so slightly which it's gonna because of the age thing you know as, as fit as he is doesn't matter yeah. I mean Ronaldo's like fucking Superman but Ronaldo at like 35 was not Ronaldo at 25 you know the, the game changes ever so slightly and this is going to come across as more harsh than I intended to be, but I just all I'm saying is I don't think he's any longer untouchable Mo who you can't substitute and you can't say to him you're not taking penalties anymore. I think we've gone beyond that now, and he's he's like I don't want to say he's just another player in the squad because he's more than that. He's like you know he's a superstar. He's like a senior player, but I do think we're at the point now where if you if you feel like you need to sub him in a game. You can't be like, oh, I can't sub him because it's Mo Salah. You know, if you think you need to sub him, then you sub him. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think that's an outrageous shout at all. I think a couple of caveats to that. I mean, the first one is um, I, I'm, I don't want him to be anything other than that fella who thinks he shouldn't be subbed. I love that about him. You know, all the greats have that. You know, it's that absolute, like, rock-solid mentality that he's the best. That competitiveness. In fact, I mentioned this in the group chat. <laughs> he made me laugh in the... Uh, in the uh, in the endo welcome video. Okay, we need to talk about day. that. We need to talk about it because <laughs> we need to talk about what he was wearing. Well, all right, you can do what he was wearing in a minute. Wait, what, what I liked, okay. what I what I liked about it was <laughs> he walked in the room when Endo was with the doctor, and he's chatting away, looking looking dead slick and cool and chilled out and laid back and very friendly and warm, which I thought was brilliant. It's exactly what a new player needs. But Endo had his top off because he was doing all these tests or whatever. And Mo did a little quick sly look at his abs just to check out whether they were better than his yeah. or not. And you could see he was reassured that they weren't. And then he was quite, <laughs> he was straight back into the conversation again. That's that kind of like competitive mentality. Yeah. I was thinking about it, you know, I think. That's probably why so, he went in. It wasn't to welcome him, it was just to <laughs> check him out, just to make sure. <laughs> people, people like that are so competitive. A, a lot of them are really unbearable, aren't they? And I think he does a really good job of actually being a very kind of easy go and laid back guy and, and to, to the extent where I think it's, it sometimes surprises people just how competitive he is but, it, so, but I, I do like that about him the other thing to say is just to finish your point before you come back onto, onto Mo's wardrobe um, the other thing to say about just the whole um, you know is he still not he's not that guy anymore on the pitch I, I think that's probably probably true I just think we need to throw the caveats that there's been a lot of change and disruption and upheaval on the pitch and he's had to. He's been asked to do different things with different players. Sometimes different stuff from week to week, or even game to game within games. And he still produced the numbers. No, that's so fair. So I wouldn't. But can I, I, I just, would just wouldn't say, rule out him peaking again. Because he is a bit of a freak. I don't think he we'll, we'll ever see like sustained level Mo what he was in his absolute prime. But to say he's not that player, that's not that's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying he's not quite that player. You yeah, know, sorry. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's almost yeah. that player, but just not quite, and that's totally yeah. natural because that happens as players start to get older. Father times undefeated, and I do think that you know he's still one of the best in the league. You know, I'm not saying we should be dropping him or anything stupid like that. I'm just saying he's not like the the player who got 44 goals in his first season, and then what he did in like the next couple. He's not quite that player. But yeah, I think that's not fair. like a significant drop off. He's just not quite at that level. But I need to talk about what he was wearing. Like, <laughs> if anyone who's listening to this didn't see the video, you need to watch it. He walks in, and he looks like a hospital patient who's been mauled by a lion. That's like the, the only way I can describe it. He's wearing this like thing that looks like a hospital gown. It's three like, sizes too big. Three sizes, more like ten sizes too big. I bet you it had like an open back. We didn't see that, but I bet you it had an open back, like a hospital gown, because that's what it looked like. And it's got all of these, like, rips and holes in it as well. <laughs> he just looked like a hospital patient who'd been mauled by a lion. And I'm like, what the hell, look? I know I, I, I'm not exactly Mr. Fashion. I'm 50. I'm not, I'm not down with the kids and all that stuff. But, I mean, come on. Nobody looked at that and thought, oh, look at that, what Moe's wearing. That's boss. I'd, I'd really love one of those. 
It's. I just. I was blown away Dave, by it. Like, Dave, we're the wrong ones to talk about this. It's what the kids call drip, isn't it? Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That's like a, that's a total new expression to me. That's how not down with the kids I am. It's, I didn't even know that, but I know that I know that Mo looked like an absolute dickhead with what he was wearing. That, that's yeah, all I can it, say. It, it does, and he, it and he doesn't up. usually. It's, I've not noticed that before. I've never looked at him and thought, "What the hell is he wearing near the state of that?" So this was like genuinely shocking to me. But other than that, yeah, I, I loved all that stuff. Like the the club did a great job with that. Like the, his first day, did you see that video? Like the full video of his first yeah, day. That was yeah, really good. Yeah. The stuff with Klopp. Not gonna lie, that that like tugged at my heartstrings when he was saying about how much we need you. What I, an incredible communicator uh, Klopp yeah, is! Like, great. Like, unbelievable. I was like, I was ready to just run through brick walls after that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, come on, Endo. Me and you will run through this wall together. Because it's not just it's what he's, he's not just throwing out. He's not just throwing out, um, you know, platitudes to soften the guy up. What he's actually saying to him is 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 meaningful and relevant to the guy's game. Yeah. So he can, he's absolutely sincere about what he's saying. But it's also that ability to say it with every ounce of him is completely sincere. Yeah. So his body language, his tone of voice, his eye contact, all of it. Like he could, he's one of those people I, I, they're very very rare I think, but he's one of those people who I I I think he'd be I reckon he'd be quite a difficult fella to 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 get chatting to unless you knew him. You know, just have a chat with, unless you knew him really, really well. I bet he doesn't have many conversations with many people in life, apart from people who he's very, very close to. Yeah, because he's so used to being in leader mode. So he walks in. He's he does what I mean. They say Obama was like this. Obama was able to give people their absolute undivided attention and to make them feel like the most important person in the room. And they might only be with them for 30 seconds. And then you have this really clever way, this very subtle way of just bringing it to a close and moving on to the next thing and not leaving somebody feeling like they've been cut off or, or feeling like they've just been jibbed off. And I think yeah. I get that sense from him. Um, I just thought it was amazing to see. And, and you can see like Endo himself is just kind of, you know, you know he's just kind of like his, his, his chest puffed out a couple of inches, didn't it? You know, he was buzzing off it. Lucky Mo wasn't watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, that that whole thing was was just great. But we, we'll talk about the the Enzo signing and everything else. Like we'll, we'll yeah, get to that once we've dealt with the game as well. So, uh, so yeah, we get in at half time, two one up. I'm thinking at half time, how the hell are we two one up? And yeah, it didn't feel like we we really no, it didn't. Did we, it? we played well. We didn't look like we had any real control over what we were doing. But I suppose the penalty. I mean, that's like. I haven't seen it back. I thought it was a penalty at the time, but I'm sat on the other side of the stadium, so you know I don't know. I believe there's been some suggestion that there's not not really much contact there, but uh, I haven't seen it. It's the one thing, the one major instance I've not seen since I got home. At the time, I thought it was just a clear pen. Yeah, um, I thought Dom was quite clever in drawing him in, um, but it looked to me. Yeah, it's one of them the way Dom tricked him and they did, left yeah. his leg in and then yeah that's right yeah. but it's it's one of them where I thought if that's not a pen that's an outrageous uh, that's an outrageous piece of cheating he's properly dived there with zero contact mm. because it looked to me like there was definitely some, some contact but I, I, as I said I've not seen it back so who knows no me either so um, I can't really comment but the VAR did didn't he so yeah, and the VAR was T and E, so you'd, you'd yeah. think if there was a, a chance any opportunities to, to, to knock us back, he'd take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we may as well get to the the next point then, which is so it's two one. We've started the second half quite well. We like well on top, had them pinned back, and then I don't know where red card. Now I've seen it back, so I know how bad a decision it was. 
I also, at the time when it happened, I knew it was going to be a terrible decision. I, I, I didn't need to see a replay. I seen it, it like in in real time, and I knew it wasn't a red card then. And seeing it back, and it's like, well, that's like an even worse decision than I thought it was. But what I, my issue with it is. He should not be pulling out a red card there. He should be pulling out a yellow. And then yellow if, card if, if he's agreed. got it wrong, if he's got it yes. wrong and it is worse than he thought, then you can go and have a look at it. But he should not be pulling out a red card. Uh, for two reasons. One, there's no way you can be sure that that is a red card. And two, once you've pulled out the red card, because of the way the threshold is with VAR and them not wanting to overturn decisions unless it's like this this bollocks clear and obvious or whatever. Once you've done that, it's like more often than not, it's going to stand whether it's the right call or not. So you should always err on the side of, I'm giving a yellow and tell me if that's if it's worse, if it's really bad. Like, you know, because they're communicating. So why can't the ref just say, look, I'm giving a yellow, but can you just take a look and let me know what you yeah. think? Because it's possible that that's worse than than I'm thinking it is. Let me know. And if he gives a yellow, even Paul Tierney would have struggled to have said to him, go and look at the monitor, that's a red card. Yeah, totally agree. As Dave. soon as he pulls totally out agree. the red card, Paul Tierney sat there rubbing his hands together going, ha ha, yes, I'm sticking it to Klopp again because there's no fucking way I'm overturning that. But I mean, I thought when I when I saw it, I I I didn't re- I didn't see any connection between them. I didn't even think it was a foul when I, to start with. It looked innocuous to me, and then I saw then the game stopped. Having seen it back, I think it's it is a yellow card. Uh, but there's no way in the world it's a red. Absolutely, you know he's, he goes inside footed. Yeah, you know he's not he's not going. He's not like it's oh, not it's just it's not stood up no, with force. It's no, side footed. No. as you say he catches him. Just above the ankle, it's not like it's there's a, no it's weight high. behind it. Yeah, it's a glancing yeah. blow, and it's not like yeah. you know the, he's gone in high over the top of the ball. It's two players trying to kick the ball, and their player gets a toe to it first, and then gets Which kicked on the, the shin. Away. That's all it is. It's a kick on the shin. Yeah. It's not like yeah. an over the top studs up like forceful, dangerous tackle. It's absolute bollocks that like a red card was given for that, and we definitely need to appeal it. And people will say, oh, what's the point? You know, they're not going to overturn it. It's like Howard Webb's in charge, all this shit. And yet I get all that. But you've got to appeal it because you cannot just take that lying down. You can't just go, oh, well, we won't win the appeal. Like, you look at, I guarantee, like, all the pundits who are looking at that, like, I heard on, like, on the radio on the way home, um, I know they're not exactly the the most respected of authorities on the game, but like O'Hara and Agbon Lahore were both like up in arms over it, saying, you know, yeah, Danny Murphy was the same on Five Live. Disgraceful life, decision. Yeah, so all your TV yeah. pundits are all going to say the same thing. You've got to put that appeal in, and when you've got all of like the the, the pundits on TV and, and in the media, and you've got everyone going, that's ridiculous. That should never have been a red card. How are they going to uphold it without looking like dickheads? You know, I think if you appeal that, I think they have to, um, you know, they, they have to overturn it. But you know, we'll see. I don't see what you lose by appealing. You know, well, what you mean? Didn't get well, an extra well, game well, added on, can't you? Oh, that's not going to happen, though, is it? I, I wouldn't have thought so. But like, what they say. So, is what's like, the ban, though, Dave? What's how long is the ban? I think it's three, not I three, think, is it? Is it? Is it violent? It's not violent conduct. Uh, it's it's endangering an opponent, isn't it? So, so is that one or two? I think it's more than one. I think it's like it's two or three, depending on how serious they view it. But I could be wrong. But I know that's how it was oh, at okay. one time. But they change these things every year, and you don't always know until something happens, and then they say, "Oh no, that rule changed over the summer." So I don't know. But he shouldn't be. It's he's missed like what forty minutes today, give or take. Yeah. 
So that's enough. You know, she should not be punished any yeah, further than, than what he was punished. But yeah. we'll see what happens. But honestly, I went into that game today fully expecting something shitty to happen to us with, with relation to VAR just because Paul Tierney's on VAR. He should not be allowed anywhere near our games in any I'm way, shape, fella, or form. Mr. Elbow, he was the assistant, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the, he was the uh, assistant VAR, which is a bit weird because since when have they had, like, I don't know, maybe it's he's in charge of the offsides with the lines. I don't know, but... I, I didn't think like linesmen were involved in VAR. I thought it was usually just the referee, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Weird. But sticking them two on VAR. And who was the ref, by the way? Never seen him before. I'm, no idea who he was. T- uh, Tommy, somebody else, a Tim or something. Someone like that. who's looking the, to impress his, his boss, Howard, and he's, yeah. The, la- the lad in front of me got his name up just after kickoff, and I had, none of us had ever heard yeah. of him. I think his name begins with the same begins with a B, I think. I don't know. I'd never, I, I, I wonder if it's his first game in the Premier League. Yeah. Howard Webb's latest protege, stick him in yeah. at Anfield, yeah. send off a Liverpool player. Yeah. Make, make your mistakes there. Promotion for you, son. Nice one. Yeah. Like last week, so, the ones at Old Trafford, and they just get the weekend off. Yeah. Outrageous. Fucking scandalous uh, decision like uh, that. And it's how like, many yeah, times is he going to keep lads. saying sorry to managers? Yeah. I know. Get the decisions right. You've got VAR. Yeah. Get it right. That's the thing, it's like, that sending off, as I've said, the referee should have given a yellow, but part of the reason why I think he should give a yellow is because he knows that VAR's there, that if he has fucked up and it's a really bad challenge, they can just say to him, look, go and have a look, and nobody would think any less of the referee there, because these things happen so quickly, you can't always be sure that that's like a horrendous tackle, so they should always just go with a yellow, and then... If it's worse, then deal with it then. But once you go to that extreme measure and then they don't walk it back, that's got a massive impact on the game. Thankfully, it didn't cost us today, but it could have done. You know, that that could have costed us. And I just think, like, it it was... Maybe it's an inexperienced ref, but... uh, T and E should say to him, "Go and have a look. You've got that wrong." Definitely. Well, I think you, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said like your default position there should be a yellow, and then the VAR looks at it afterwards. But I think in terms of VAR, the the biggest issue with it is the, the way it's used. It seems to be used as a way to strengthen the position of referees rather than to get decisions right. Mm. And what that what I think they should do is is just make it like a review system, like in like in cricket. So you basically just give each captain or each manager. Don't you? You need to decide who make, who who has the who has the choice. Two reviews per half, and you just go for it. And if your review is right, if your review is upheld, if you say no, that was that was not a that was not a red card. They go to the VAR and they look at it. Then you you keep your two you keep your two challenges. That's the way it should be done. Or maybe it's one per half or what. It doesn't matter. But they need to take it out of the referee's hands and put it in the team's hands. And then it just goes to somebody totally independent and they have a look at it and then they they, they make the decision. Because the way things are at the moment, they're looking at it too many times in games and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they're just using it to back each other up. That's the way it is. They're just backing each other's decisions rather than trying to make things right on the pitch. Yeah. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. 
I mean, that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is just for the referees to stop being like busy little traffic warden bastards because it's a farce the way the like people go on about the technology oh you know get rid of that it's not that it's the fucking dickheads who are implementing it 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 should be a good thing now i'm against it completely because i don't like the stoppages to the game and everything but it's it's here to stay whether we like it or not it's never going to go away and if it is here it should actually be a good thing and it should work to the game's advantage and it's not because of all of this like oh it's got to be clear and obvious for us to overturn a decision and there's a threshold that's got to be met and the whole thing is just an absolute farce all it is referees give the decisions they want to give now you can question whatever the motives are for it whether it's like in some cases it's spite because Klopp's kind of brought it on himself to a certain extent but how long is this going to go on for where like referees just wanting to prove a point and get their own back in other cases it's like because I, I don't care who you are like even if it's me if I'm watching match of the day and it's Luton against Sheffield United and there's a decision that that comes up and you say to me make that call it's like it could go either way I've got to choose which way I'm going to give it and I've got my own little like personal little beefs with yeah. like different teams I'd be looking at that and going, being, I go yeah. okay Luton, I remember when you never showed up at Anfield because it was fucking snowing in the 80s and me and my dad were actually at the ground in the snow and you never turned up and then we were stranded. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember your fucking plastic pitch. Now, I'm, I'm leaning towards Sheffield United here and like that's an extreme example but these referees are given like decisions and they know I can give this either way and it's a judgment call, and I'm in the clear. Some people will like it, some people won't, but this is up to me. I can go whichever way I want on this call, and nobody's ever going to question my impartiality on all of this stuff. Now, I don't think for a second referees are paid off and, and like they're, they're in clubs paid or all that stuff. No, I've never, ever felt that way. But I do think that they've all got their own little personal biases, and when they're they in a situation are. where it's, it's a judgment call, it's on them, and they know they can come down either side... Yeah. And it's fine. More often than not, a lot of these referees, and we know who they are, they're going to come down against us. And today, classic Uncle example. Howard's going to back them up as well. Exactly. I mean, it's only going to get worse now because he's there. I mean, he was a biased twat when he was an actual referee, and he got away South with Yorkshire. it. South Yorkshire. South yeah. Yorkshire police. He got away with he got away with murder like the, the, the whole time he was a referee. Everybody joked about him being in Man United's pocket. So he was known to favour Man United. Well, that's one thing. The thing I had a bigger problem with wasn't his love for Man United. It was the fact that he was always screwing us over and he was a South Yorkshire copper. How could he possibly have been allowed anywhere near Liverpool matches when all of that was going on with like the legal cases and stuff with his mates? I mean, it was mental that that was allowed. But now, this fella, who was absolutely biased, we all know he was biased when he was a referee, is now in a position of even more power and he's, he's picking and choosing which referees are going to which games. I mean, and then and it makes it even worse when you see him like enjoying all the corporate hospitality at Old Trafford the other yeah, night. Yeah, it does. It's just, you look at that and go, it's like it's fucking right under our noses. And this the other thing horrendous. that is, is, it's all just, it's all inside this micromanagement of the rules, of the laws. You know, these these slight changes of emphasis and, and these these little definitions, what's handball, what isn't handball, what's offside, what isn't offside. It gives them more leeway, like, doesn't it, to make yeah, those decisions? <clears throat> changing every single season yeah it's 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 shit all this handball um, stuff for example that's giving them as much leeway as they want now when there's a handball call 
the referee can just decide which way do I want to give this. Not is that handball or is that not handball. It's like do I want to give this or do I not want to give it. That's what it comes down to now. And they've given themselves like that escape escape route, if you like, safety net. That, yeah, it's kind of what I was saying about VAR. The whole thing is designed to underpin referees' decisions yeah. rather than get the rather than make sure those decisions are right. Yeah, it's not it about should be to make the sure right they're right, course. but it's not. It's about backing the referee. Yeah, it's absolutely not about getting the right decisions because there's so many. And I'm not even just talking about Liverpool. Obviously, I see more of our games than, than other games. So most of like my impression is based on that. But I watch Match of the Day every week because I'm doing the roundups on it and I'm seeing all of these decisions. And some of them, you look at it and go, there's no way you can possibly look at that this, that like that incident and come to the decision that you have unless you want to come to that decision. And they're just they're protected by all of this bullshit now and it, it just makes you sick. I mean, it's like every week you see something in one of the games that just blows your mind. Like, you know, the... The penalty last week for us, the the thing at Old Trafford, that's sending off today. No doubt there'll be other things over this weekend, and it's it's getting worse. You'd think it would get better with with video technology and that to help correct all these mistakes, and it's got worse. Offsides, yeah, you know what? That's what that's actually worked pretty well on the whole, and and I think we just kind of get used to that now, don't we? You know, yeah. we hated it at first, but after a while, it just becomes normal, and. It's never nice when a goal's disallowed for like someone's like offside by an inch, but at least you know we know where we stand with it all. It's a it's a black and white issue. It's not it's not judgment calls for the most part. Um, so that's worked to some extent, but overall it's not. It just it, it makes you feel even more resentful because like when a referee gets something wrong, human error, you can kind of live with it. You know, he only gets one look at it. We can all get the it, refereeing is really hard, so you know I'm fully aware of that. But when they've got this technology to help them get the right decisions and they're and they still, still coming wrong. up with stuff yeah. like that, uh, yeah, it, it's not good. Thankfully, though, we scored pretty soon after, uh, which which settled it down, didn't it? Because they could have got really, you know, 2-1 with 10 men. It could, the last 10 minutes could have got really hairy, couldn't it? Definitely, and it didn't feel it, did it? It didn't feel hairy at all, No, really. but Alisson did think. make two great saves, but it, it never felt like we were under sustained pressure. I thought we were playing well. We were coping with it fairly fairly comfortably um, yeah. but yeah I thought after that like initially when we went down to 10 I thought like the first 10 minutes we were brilliant yeah, we, we looked a more really dangerous good. team then and then we get to 3-1 um, good good play again by Dom it was his shot that was saved wasn't it and uh, that's right Jota's shot Jota, onto Jota the Jota yeah. but we'd had quite a few chances like in the, in the, uh, the start of the second half we were playing some really nice football I just felt like Pepper the bounce of the, the ball goal. was going more our way and, and I think and it, it just the passing was more crisper and more accurate as well yeah. strange like really to go down to 10 and do that but I just everything just seemed to click more I don't know whether they all just focused a little bit more everyone just sort of really thought right, I've got to really concentrate now um, but it certainly did it, yeah I thought we were yeah you're right those, those, those first 10 minutes I thought we were really good yeah. at that stage um, and then there was changes made and what have you, and um, you know the shape changed a little bit. And but even then, like players were coming. I mean, I thought it was strange when um, Costas came in on on the left, but actually I thought he did he did really well when he came on that side. Yeah, that, I thought he did gave us ex- exactly what we needed at that stage. You three one up. Um, I, I feel like that that was a sensible a sensible one. Yeah, Diaz definitely. Had to come off, just giving Robbo a bit of. But it wasn't protection. like he came on to be circumspect, was it? He came on to shut the game down. He was. I don't, he I don't think he knows foot. how to do that. No, no. <laughs> it's just not in his I'm nature, sorry. is it? It's not in his nature to be circumspect. Now he wants to just go like rampaging forward, but yeah, I, I like that. You know. 
that was a uh, that was like a shutting down that side of the field. Harvey came on on the right. I don't think that worked particularly well. Um, no. he, he never had like the the, the greatest uh, of cameos, did he? But um, now, but like Enzo came on, did what we needed him to do. Uh, Trent had to go off injured. We got Joe Gomez on, but again, that's I'm happy with that in that situation. Yeah. We're protecting a three-one lead. I have no problem at all with Joe Gomez coming on and just playing as a right back. And I mean, we may as well talk about that now, like the the. The inverted fullback and all of that stuff, because I'll, I'll keep my thoughts brief on it. Is like I would never say that this is not going to work, and some people are saying, "Oh no, it's not going to work. We need to scrap it." I would never say that because I feel like that's that's writing off Klopp and saying, "You know, you think this is going to work, but it's not." I, I've got enough trust and faith in him in terms of like building a team, getting his tactics right. I would never say, "Look." This needs to go. But I do think I want to see where we are in maybe three months' time and how it looks then. When I say where we are, I don't necessarily mean where we are in the table. I mean, how does it look? Do we look like we've got more comfortable with it? Is it working? Uh, Because I have got, like, concerns. I have got, Mm -hmm. like, worries that maybe this is not going to work. At the moment, I feel like we look like Poundland Arsenal. Like, Arsenal make make that... They look comfortable playing that way. I don't necessarily feel like we do. I think it's like a poor imitation of what they're doing. But we've got enough talent. You know, it shouldn't... You know, we'll still win more games than not. Because, you know, games like that today, we shouldn't really need to everything to click and play really well to win. We should be able to win anyway, just because of moments of individual quality. Um, which is that's what's happened, and I think more often than not, you should be able to win games against, especially teams in the bottom half. Especially though, but I do worry about like how does it look right, and it doesn't look right at the moment. There's like there's a lot of things that don't look right now. Part of that's because we've got like new players coming in. Part of it's because square pegs and round holes. Even last season, I felt like it was the right thing to do, and because we we were in a rut and we needed something different, and that something different gave us a, a, a boost and a kickstart, and it got everyone focused again, and we ended the season strongly. But like, I suppose what I'm saying, I don't want us to be married to this. I want us to have the freedom to like play around with like other systems yeah. if if we want yeah. to do it. I don't want it to be like, no, no, this is how we play. This is what we're doing all the time. I miss like the four three three with like Trent and Robbo, the best fullbacks in the world. You know, creating like having assist races with each other. Who's going to get the most assist this season? All I miss that. You know, that was like it was so much fun to watch, and I understand why it, it stopped working. You know, there's a, there's a a number of factors why it wasn't working, but part of it was we didn't have the legs in midfield anymore. We also had like a different forward line. Uh, maybe Trent just got fed up playing right back, whatever. But I do want that to be still in our locker. Where, like, say, like for example, I'm not saying we will do it next week, but if we wanted to, we could go. You know what? Newcastle are expecting us to be playing inverted fullback. They've been like training against it all week. We're going to go four three three, and we're going to do mm. what we did. I want us to have that option. So I don't want to mm. be married to this inverted fullback thing. Um, mm. But as I say, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say get rid of it. It's not going to work because I don't know that. None of us do. Anyone who's making a definitive judgment on it, you, you can't. We don't know. It's going to in two or three months. We might look fucking brilliant playing this way, but we might not. I mean, I suppose my thoughts on it are um, something did have to change last season because we were quite clearly we've been massively, massively found out. 
Um, we don't need to go over the issues from last season, but there, there were there were myriad issues, and we had to do something different. Um, and I really do stand by the idea that Trent is by a mile our most talented player. Um, yeah. We should be building the team around him. It'd be crazy not to do that. Um, you know, City build around De Bruyne, so we should do exactly the same with Trent. He's, he's sensational. That's not to say that Trent is perfect. That's not to say there aren't question marks about Trent. It's not to say that he can't improve his game. You know, he is still relatively, you know, 200 games today, Premier League games today. He's an experienced player, but he's still young as a man, really. Mm. Lacks a bit of maturity, and I think I think, I think, think his game will develop as he, as he matures as a, as a person. I think the vice-captaincy will help him with that for a start. But I was, despite the results, I think, what was it, eight wins and two draws in the running last season, I, I was never fully convinced by it then. It didn't look fully functioning. It didn't look totally convincing. Yes, we got some better results. Yes, it seemed to suit us a little bit better. It certainly gave the defence and Fabinho a bit more protection. It certainly got Trent into some new positions where he could do damage with the ball. Um, but I, I kind of look at it now and I think it, it, this ties in with frustrations about the way we've recruited. So we were recruiting for this system, but then not got the key recruitment done, ready to go from the word go. So we're bringing in players um, after the season started which are absolutely crucial for the way we want to play. We absolutely, You need a destroyer. You need a mobile player in that number six position. You need somebody who can cover the ground, somebody who's tenacious, somebody who's got a bit of bite and aggression to them, but can also look after the ball. Um, I actually think we may have got that, and obviously it remains to be seen. But he's come in today and come on as sub, having missed the first game, and people aren't used to him. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, it looks to me like very much a work in progress. I think the point I also want to make is, you, you touched on it yourself, Dave. I, I just think it does need... I, I don't know, sometimes if you say things like, yeah, but Klopp, it's like, oh, well, that's pathetic. We can't just say every time something's going wrong, Klopp will sort it out. I, when I say that, I don't say that like mindlessly. I say it because time after time after time in his time with us, I've questioned key decisions that he's made and thought, why the hell is he doing that? And on almost every occasion, he's been proven right. So some examples, he uh, played James Milner at left-back. Everyone said, what the hell are you doing? It's ridiculous. Milner was fantastic and, it, and did a perfectly, perfectly great job for us there until we were able to bring in, uh, we were able to do something different the following season. Waiting for Virgil. Everyone, the famous phrase was, there must be, there's got to be five other centre-halves in the world who'd be, who'd be better than him. Klopp was determined. He knew what Virgil would give us. He waited and he did it. I was particularly pissed off that he was prepared to sell Coutinho in that January window because I felt our whole season would fall apart at that stage. But he was absolutely adamant that he didn't want him staying around and poisoning the well. And he moved him on and that's when Mo went on to score 40 whatever goals and, and it was just, it was absolutely fantastic. People used to question how prosaic the midfield was. Now people have gone the other way and they're now saying... They're all pining for that. Well, we need that mid. That we need that midfield of power and of power and and legs and and uh, stamina who can just lay the ball on the on a plate for the forwards for the front line. I think every single time he does something, he gets it right. The question marks in my mind at the moment are: I don't think the progress towards refining it has been fast enough. I thought there would have been more impact made um, over the summer in terms of drilling on the uh, on the training pitch. They don't look as well drilled as I thought they'd be. Certainly the opening 10 minutes today did not look drilled at all. That looked to me like, and that was the, that was like the first choice back five. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, that was Trent, it was Canate, it was Virgil, it was Robbo and it was Alisson. So that to me was worrying. 
I also don't like the square pegs and round holes thing that we've both already touched on so far. Um, and I think he probably will get there. But I just want to also see, the biggest thing for me is to see that we're doing it for positive reasons rather than negative in, in a sense. So rather than do it because we're trying to solve a, solve a, a, a weakness in the team, I want to see us do it to create greater strength in the team. If that makes sense, yeah. Uh, so I want to, I want to see what positive things come out of it. So for me, it's not a positive to make the defense a bit tighter again. We should be tight anyway with those players. You know what I mean? That's all yeah. about it's dealing with a systemic issue. I want to see now where's the knock on. So Brownie, I thought talked in one of the early, I think one of the summer pods, or maybe been, yeah, I think it was when we signed. I think it was when we signed. Um, McAllister or maybe when we were gearing up to sign McAllister he talked about how he felt McAllister and, and Sobber's life but particularly McAllister could get more out of Darwin but we've not had a chance to see that yet no. and I want to see that. I want to see those things come because there are other question marks on this system in my mind and Darwin is a big one mm. Darwin is a big I'm looking at that and thinking we've got the, and I do think I, I think the questions over Darwin are legitimate I think they're absolutely legitimate they also again this comes back down to Klopp's track record I don't think there's a better manager in world football with a history for developing world-class forwards. And he does develop them. He doesn't just take them from somewhere else and like just, just polish them a tiny little bit and then make them, make them fit his system. He takes players who no one really recognises world-class and makes them world-class. He's done it with Lewandowski, he's done it with Salah, he's done it with Mane, he's done it with Firmino. There will definitely be others that are forgotten about in, in the mix there. I mean, you could you could argue, I, mean, I don't think Jota, you could call Jota world-class yet, but Jota has moments where his talent shows that he could be that. Uh, Diaz looks like he might be starting to become the same. So I'm completely open to the fact that Klopp can get the system because all Klopp teams are about the system. We see what happens to players when they leave his system with about two exceptions, maybe Hummels, and Lewandowski, I think probably Owen Gundogan, yeah. the only three I can think of off the top of my head who leave Klopp's system and maintain or even improve their levels. Everyone else falls off a cliff. So Klopp is the master at getting the system and the individual to fit to maximise both. And what I'm not seeing is that at the moment. And, and to that end, it's frustrating that we've not seen Darwin start, but it's also frustrating that we've not seen Darwin with Soboslai and McAllister in the gaps behind him. Um, in yeah. the way that Brownie was talking about earlier on. So those are my questions around it, Dave. I mean, and, and to come on to your point, I absolutely agree with the point that you made. We should be able to do a horses-for-courses approach with, the, with the, the, the talent of players that we've got, their intelligence, because I think um, next weekend will be more about... It, it will be, it'll, it'll be more attritional than today, far more attritional than today, and more attritional than last week as well, really. They're physical, they're powerful, and it will be a bit of a bit of a war, a bit of a battle, and we need to have players to, to, you know, to go into battle, and I'm not sure that setup at the moment gives us that. You know, if we've got a very, very front-foot, aggressive powerful, fast Newcastle team going at us and we're a bit wobbly and a bit shaky and we haven't fully got our heads around what we're doing. I think we're ripe to being, ripe to being exposed. So we do need that capacity to change things up. I, so yeah, I think doubts are legitimate. And I, I, I don't think I've spoken to any Reds at all who haven't got questions about it at the very least. Certainly at the match today, everyone felt that the system was an issue at times today in the game and that it had been last week and that they had question marks over it. Um, but again, we need to see all the transfer business done. We need to see round pegs and round holes, and we need to see the players in the groove. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time, isn't it? Yeah. 
we may as well talk about the transfer business then. We didn't do a individual pod for Enzo like we we normally do like a pod after a new signing. Um we didn't do one on this because if we'd have done it the night that he signed, uh-huh. like the news broke. <laughs> it was like, no, we need to let it wasn't a happy breathe. group chat, was it? Let, let it breathe. Uh, let's just see. Let's see how we feel in a day or two. And yeah, and I think most of us feel like completely differently than we did the night when like the news broke. I think the only yeah, I mean, I, I, Stu I, I was probably the if... only one who was totally chilled about it all. And, yeah, yeah, and he was. Most of us were like spitting feathers. And I mean, I was. I, I, we were chatting outside the cop before we went in today, weren't we? And I said, really, I mean, maybe it's just getting getting to the age of Matt. Maybe I just feel differently about football. I'm not quite as invested in it as I used to be when I was a kid. But I, 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 I even though the, my reasons for being angry with with that deal are still absolutely valid. I don't feel angry at all. You know, I can't sustain that anger. Um, my issue was never really about about him. I think I've heard various people say if we'd signed him in June, it would have been no, no one would have batted an eyelid. I think that's absolutely true. I'd have been buzzing if we think... signed him in June. I'd have been like, yeah, oh, what a yeah. smart deal that is, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he does. He looks like he, he looks like he ticks all the boxes of what we need for somebody to do in that position. Mm. You know, very kind of like you know a real a real cog in the machine type player. Um, with a great attitude, a great engine, great experience, good, really good character, um, and can do all the things that we want him to do. For me, it's not about that. It's not about um, it's not about Endo himself. No, and I think it, he's got he, he has actually got like cult hero potential. I think I know definitely. it's early days, definitely. but he's definitely got that in his locker. I think, and certainly, um, I think the way Stuttgart fans and and teammates yeah. uh, have, have reacted to him going. I think that I think that bodes really, really well. No, for me the issue is just is just the, the, the absolute joke that our that is our strategy. You know, I think the issue is you, how we got there, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I you touched on it. I read the diary. Yeah, I saw you you published the diaries on the uh, on on the uh, forum, and I read the diary before. And I'd on the ghost pod, I'd made the point about. Um, the ghost pod. The ghost never, pod. Do you know what that? I was know what that pod is, Paul. I was thinking about this before. <laughs> that pod is the Jan Mulvey goal against Man United in, in the league cup in the eighties. It's going to be the greatest pod yeah, ever. And the and the only people who know about it are those who were there to witness it. <laughs> maybe so maybe I'm, one day like it, it'll be leaked out there. You know the footage will be leaked. Yeah. <laughs> So on the ghost pod, I made the point, and I think you've picked it up again, rightly, rightly, I think, in, in the uh, in the diary t- the, today, this morning, when you put it up, or last night, whenever you published it, about you know the the, the fact that that Mike Gordon just disappeared for, for half a season, like in the middle of the year when we were having an absolute mare. We were having a Western Super Mare last season. Yeah. It was just going absolutely pear shaped. We've got no sporting director, and he just decides he's going to get off for six months. I mean, that to me is absolute looking for lunacy. investment that never even came. Absolutely, the investment just crazy. chase that that went about as well as yeah. the Caicedo chase. It's like, yeah. what? Where are we with that? It's and, just and for me, totally what, quiet. I mean, I think one of the things I've experienced, you know, pro- professionally, you know, working in in leadership roles is, and, and in leadership roles in times of crisis, when you've got absence, when you've got people off, is that you you have good people in your team, and people can pick up a bit more, and you think oh, well, she's really good. She'll be able to do that and pick up that bit of that job. And he's great and he's reliable. And he's dependable. He'll be able to do, he'll be able to keep that bit ticking over of, of so-and-so's job who's not in. But what happens is you end up with like little sort of micro depressions in everybody's impact. It, everything just reduces and reduces and reduces. And the longer it goes on, 
the further away they get pulled from their own role. And you're talking about a world-class organisation. You're not talking like what I'm talking about is like a tough school that serves a deprived area. Um, you know, this this is like Liverpool Football Club is a world-class organisation with the, the, the best people in the world in their roles working there. Or certainly people in the conversation to be the best in the world. Certainly Klopp is in that conversation. Michael Edwards is in that conversation. The research team are in that conversation. All, all of that stuff, all of that stuff is definitely the way Liverpool were, were, were run. But then you allow it through just neglect, really, to come away from that at a time when there are other problems, external factors, which are making things worse. Um, and I just think it's absolutely unforgivable that they didn't do something about the sporting director role. Now, the only caveat I'd throw in there about that is... Let's maybe they've got. I mean, the one that's in my mind is the fella at Brighton, Paul Barbary. I find him very impressive, and they as a club are impressive. I know they're run off the owner's data model, but that to me um, is really just a different version of what we, what, what we do. It's it really you're bringing someone in who knows how to work in the way that we expect them to work. But I don't care, I'm not hung up on names. But what I want is someone who can come in and replicate what Michael Edwards did for us. Um, and if that's not our number one priority after the shit show that we've seen over the last few weeks, I don't know what is. Mm. I mean, I feel, I, I, I was going to say, yeah, I do feel a little bit sorry for Endo, but I actually think it, it, I don't, won't need to feel sorry for He'll him be because fine. I think the fans he will, will be fine. Yeah. And the fans will, the fans recognise it's not really about him. Yeah. Um, but I just think the whole thing is just a, it's a disgrace. And the one thing that really, really irked me, and this will piss me off, is what I can't be doing with is Klopp turning around and making comments to us about, oh, we all want our cake and eat it. We all want shiny new toys. You know, I, I, I took the lecture on how to support the team the first time round when people were walking out with 10 minutes to go because he was right. Mm. He was right. And 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 he was and it was borne out afterwards that, um, that the players needed us to be there to the end. We needed to be louder and we became louder and it became a virtuous circle. This is different. This to me is Klopp basically making excuses um, for the mess that the club has been in and trying to suggest that fans, yeah, we all want our cake and eat it. We want to have these bright new shiny toys. Oh, we want, no, what, it's not you, that we want what you led us to believe you were going to do. Absolutely, absolutely. So we go right. from Bellingham to four or five players, one of which it turns out to be like a bid that they threw in for Caicedo, which. I mean, I don't necessarily believe this, but like a lot of the reports since have been like that he gave no indication that he wanted to come here. I do find that hard to believe that we would yeah, bid for too. a player who... Me but too. clearly Klopp had never got to speak to him. You know, so yeah. that's, that's a big issue. Like we've put a bid in before Klopp's even got to speak to him. And a British record bid, by the way. You know, the most careful club in the world when it comes to spending money. And we've put a British record bid in for the player who Klopp hadn't spoken to, who had a reputation for being a bit of a possible dickhead. And, you know, Klopp's walked away well, from so many deals. Was, yeah. yeah, but Klopp's walked away from so many deals because he didn't like when he spoke to the player. He didn't get the right vibe. And that just felt so scattergun that, like, we we were wouldn't pay the extra four million to get to get Lavia. But then we throw in a British record fee for someone on a whim which is how it looks, you know, it was just kind of like, I'm sure it wasn't on, you know, just the spare of the moment thing, but it wasn't something that we'd spent the whole summer working on, clearly, because Klopp had never even got to speak to him. So something just, there's, there's like a, a breakdown there somewhere along the line. Whoever was responsible, we'll never know. We'll never know what talks took place and how we came to that. 
But what we do know is like we ended up like missing out on Caicedo. Then we missed out on, on Lavia because we waited so long to get that deal done. Then we go back. Now, whether he's just told us to do one because we messed him about or whether he just fancied Chelsea's offer more, doesn't matter. We could have it's had that deal done me, weeks ago and we were haggling over a fee and then we throw in a massive bid for somebody else. Yeah. There's no like sense to any of it. It's totally scattergun. No, agreed. And, and, and then you throw into the mix stuff like, um, you know, we've hired Ibiza George on a you know on a on a three month contract and I think the contract ends on, uh, the day the, the day after the window so I think the first mm. the first of September I think the contract ends. We've also got Billy Hogan who I have to say is impressive. I quite like Billy him Hogan from is, what I've a, seen. is an impressive character. He's but not, not like a sporting the kind of, director. No, he's not. He's not. But why why are we paying this guy to be a sporting director? And Billy Hogan's doing the negotiations around Caicedo. Yeah. So does that mean that we don't trust um, Schmacker? Or does it mean that we're grooming Billy for... Are we, are we now made the decision that we're thinking Billy Hogan is now going to have sporting responsibility? Or are we going to change his role and put him over all the whole club and have maybe a junior person run the business side under him and a more junior person below sporting director, maybe sporting manager or something, I don't know, some other title. I just think the system that we had, where you have Klopp, Edwards and Gordon as the triumvirate around all the football things. And then the business side really, yeah, reports into Gordon, but their whole function is to underpin the football inside. That structure worked. Yeah. Don't move away from the structure because one individual's gone. Go and find another individual and come back in and fit your structure. And I agree with that. And you can argue that, well, there's not many Michael Edwards about, which is fair. But the problem was... We had plenty of notice. Julian Ward did not just quit and walk out. Julian Ward gave them like virtually a year's notice. A look, yeah, I'm going was, at the end yeah. of the season. So we had all that time to sort that out and didn't do it. It was like, as I say, you know, you've you've got Mike Gordon taking himself off looking for investment. He's away for months, and then he comes back, and then what? We've we've got no sporting director. We end up just a total panic move, getting this guy in from Germany who. Okay, so maybe like he's he's behind the deal to get Endo. Maybe like he did the negotiations for that because that's his market. There are people he knows, contacts and all that. But I mean, the whole thing's like a, a clown show, and none of this reflects in any way, shape, or form on Endo himself. I mean, when the the news broke, everyone was like just fuming about it because. He's a player who probably... I mean, I've seen him play. I watch World Cups. But, and, and maybe I'd have to go back and have a look at my roundups for those games. I may well have singled him out and said he played well, but I don't remember him. You know, I've got, like, no opinion on him. It's like, when the name was mentioned, I'm like, who the fuck's that? Never heard of him. Yeah. And so it, it's just your natural instinct to go from, like, what we thought we were getting to, to then all of a sudden... You're looking for like a bargain basement 30-year-old player from a team in Germany that barely survived. It doesn't look good. It's like, what What are we doing? And then the more you look into it and you, you read all like the glowing reviews from Germany and it's, you know, it's not all like, it's not bullshit. It's not like just trying to pacify us with that. These are people who've got no connection to Liverpool and yeah. just telling you what this player is and how he's thought of in Germany. So this is not like club spin. This is like external sources saying, no, 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 look, this guy's really good. You're going to love him. So then you feel better about that, and you go, okay, yeah, I can see the logic in this. This makes sense, but it doesn't excuse the way we arrived at this point where he's the answer, and he probably is because we're probably not going to sign another midfield player. I think like he's been brought into play. And, you know, this something like that I need to point out as well because I didn't want Lavia. I've said this on the pod. 
Like, I did not want him to be Fabinho's replacement. I was fine with bringing him in, but not to be Fabinho's replacement. I did not want us replacing Fabinho, like, and all what he achieved for us and, and what he brought to the table. Replacing him with a kid who's played 20-odd games and may or may not be, like, good this season. And you, you're thinking, oh, in two, three years' time, he's going to be boss. Fine, bring him in. But I want like an experienced player to come in and replace Fabinho, which is actually what we got now. And if we'd have done this deal a couple of months ago, as I say, I'd have been made up with it. It would have been like, yeah, that, that's so clever. That's the kind of deal we should be doing. It, it buys us a little bit of time so we can buy a younger player and bring him through. Or even if it's like, you know, maybe it's Bajetic who comes through, who knows. But like getting somebody in now... That that it makes it makes so much sense this signing, and it's purely about the timing. The timing of it absolutely yeah. stunk, and that's why everybody and, yeah, was pissed and, off. And, and the and the day barkle that went before it. I mean, I think that's what I mean by timing of, because it's it's gone yeah, just after yeah. all of that and it's preceded by all that mess. And we've and I mean, I think you can't sell it to us that this is the player I wanted all along when like the season's already started and you could have got him months ago. So no, the way that's I, absolute bullshit. So so Klopp I, I believe knows the that. Klopp likes him, but but this this he is was why never his number one target. They know. That that they couldn't spin that, that people wouldn't buy it. So the story then is Klopp's then saying, well, I wanted them all along, but we've got a policy of only buying young players. So I had to convince the owners, no, no, we need to do this deal. And he was only able to convince them after all the other deals had fallen through. Now, yeah, there's, there's probably elements of truth to that. But regardless of how you look at it, this is a player who... You know, if we really wanted him, if he was so high on our list, we could have done this deal months ago. We signed him because we were backed into a corner where he was like the most viable option. But the thing is, that may end up working to our advantage. You know, it's it, it's not a deliberate yeah. a deliberate ploy for us to do this, but we could end up like being much better off as a result of it. You know, if he's really good, if he if he does the job we need him to do, and it buys us more time to look around and, and then. You know, not after rush out and immediately buy somebody who we're maybe not a hundred percent sure about. If if we if just buys us that time, maybe it allows us to spend the money that we've got on another position, which you know well, we, we need another know, defender, don't we? So do you know what I would what I would say to that? I I think I mean yeah. If you remember when we were going back to the end of last season, I was adamant we needed a player to put pressure on Virgil, and that was that was before you even really consider how the demands of the new system maybe require another left-footed player um, who can, who's sort of like a centre-half full-back hybrid. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I really think we need to do that. The only thing is, though, I think, and I think I'm more alarmed about this than you are, although I know that you are taking it seriously, I just think the market distortions that we've seen, twofold distortions by Chelsea and by Saudi, um, the Saudi clubs, have really, really distorted the market, and I'm of a view that that is going to get worse in the next two windows I think maybe Chelsea might calm down a little bit, but I think the Saudis are going to move through the gears. I think what the Saudis have done this this window is establish a level of credibility amongst players and agents that lots and lots of players with credibility and big names, yes, they're older, most of them, although Mitrovic has gone for 50 today, I believe. Mm. Um, lots, of, lots of these older ones have gone there, but they are highly credible players. Um, then I think the next window and the window after, they can then start moving into the field where they're looking at signing the same players that we're looking for. You know, they start looking for, you know, the up-and-comers, the 21-year-olds, the 22-year-olds, the, the ones that in the same market as us for those players. And what worries me is that I think we need to get that business done now, really. And I suppose one of the, when I looked at, when we, when we made that, that big bid for Caicedo, and I think 
I think what I'm about to say now is wrong, but I did wonder whether we might do Caicedo and Lavia or Lavia at the time. I don't think we would have done in retrospect. Mm. But what I liked about it is you are basically, at, you know, you signing Caicedo at 21, already very close to world class if he isn't already. Will become will I think pretty almost certainly will be that um, playing in a much better side with a, with a much better manager. Um, you mm. you basically nailing down. Are, your, are they a much better actually, side? And no, is he a much better manager? Potentially, potentially. Yeah, potentially. I yeah. I mean, we had the conversation about deserving today. Brighton a little bit dirty there. Yeah, Although he yeah, did I mean, keep Everton in the league, so yeah, fine. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Carry on. <laughs> um, but what you're doing is you're nailing down you're nailing down those positions for the next you know. Seven, eight years at least. Yeah. I, I, I wonder. So the normal rules, I was very much with Henderson and um, Fabinho going, thinking keep Thiago at all costs. I still think we will keep Thiago. I don't think we'll sell him at all. But I now look at it and think there's very good financial reasons to sell him now because what it does for your amortization. But there's also reasons to bring some money in to bring in a younger version now because the younger version might cost double if not more in 12 months time I certainly think we need to be looking at um, at least one more midfielder and at least at least um, that left-sided defender but I'd also like us to have a multifunctional defender who can cover it right back as well I mean I think maybe he thinks he's got Joe Gomez for that but uh, I'm not so sure I think we've 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 actually done in a very bizarre way in a way that really wasn't planned what I called for going back to the end of last season when we did the roundup of the season or whatever it was that I wanted a real shake up of the squad. I wanted to I wanted change. I wanted force change really, and we have had that. But I think we could go a couple of steps further. You know, there's an argument for saying that you should be selling Joel Matip and you should be selling Thiago right now and bringing in the kids who are going to replace them. I don't think we're going to do that, but I think the market. The way the market's going, that might actually be the sensible thing to do in a business sense, if not in a footballing one. You know, if, if we're going through this huge change, well, why not just embrace it and just go for it all together? Get the players in now while we can. I don't think we're going to do that. Definitely, but won't. I think we we've done it by we, now. If we were, yeah, yeah. I think I think what we absolutely must do, and I, and I'm not even sure we're going to do this, is get that left-footed defender. Yeah, I agree, and I I don't know. There's not exactly that will be a lot. That'll of, be a frustration if we don't do that. There's not too many links about is there, but maybe they're working on something. There's still a couple of weeks left, so yeah, we'll see. But just so briefly on Endo, we both think it's a good signing. We both just yeah. think the timing of it, like Stone can did him no favors. I think we. I think I. I think and it, and you know this is this is gut really. This is not. Not based on anything more than gut, and also what I've read and heard about him. But I think we'll all come to love him pretty uh, soon. I think he'll be one midfield of those players. Midfield Ragnar that everyone... Klavan. I absolutely yeah, I think... loved Ragnar yeah. Klavan. I thought yeah. he was just what we needed. He was he was quality, yeah. and yeah. similar similar situation with him. Um, we'll just we we'll get to Newcastle in a sec, but I just want to talk a little bit more about um, Sobers like and and how good he was today. Because I've seen a couple of posts on the forum that that made me laugh, and I'm I'm going to read them out. So GK Macker said. He's like a Marvel superhero. Emery Chan gets struck by lightning and suddenly <laughs> suddenly develops superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 I can see that. And then <laughs> That's very good that. Who was that? GK Macker. GK Macker. And then Elite said, he's a stallion. I reckon once he's finished playing, we could stud him out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Stalin, love it. But it fits Fantastic. though, doesn't it? I, I'm it does, yeah, both yeah, yeah. Going, yeah, I, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that makes sense. No, he he, just, he looks the business. I really, really like what I've seen from him so far. Agreed. Um, and obviously, you know, McAllister's got sent off today, but he's shown enough in the two games. You know, he's going to be a really good player for us. So, yeah, excited about them too. We don't need Endo to be exciting. We just need him to be efficient and effective. And, you know, I think he will see what else we do, I suppose. But uh, we'll just briefly look ahead to Newcastle for next week. Uh, what what are you thinking team-wise and how do we approach the game? Do you think it's going to be one of those games like, say, last year when we played there where, you know, we we were dominating and then I think we went 1-0 up, didn't we? And then we just sort of sat back and they, they were just like, we're lucky to get the points in the end, I think. Um, wasn't it what, something controversial happened in that game? Didn't, like, the, the keeper... The keeper Dave, got sent why are you off. Asking me? The keeper got huh? sent off, didn't he? And you thought, "Oh, we'll take these to the cleaners now." And we didn't. We sat back and um, we got oh, the points, yeah, that's but right. it wasn't convincing. Right. How do you think we'll approach it? Will we take the game to them, or will be we maybe play a little bit on the break? Well, oh, it's really hard to know. Really, I think we'll I, dominate I, possession against them, and we'll be on top. You? Yeah, I think we'll be on top. Are you confident we we can do that? No, no, I'm not. Moment. I'm not confident that we'll win the game. I think we'll be on top. We'll have like. We'll be we'll be doing a lot of press and we'll have the ball and you think yeah, we we're we're dominating the game, but we're gonna be just constantly getting played through. I think like they'll create loads of chances against us, even though we'll be sort of like dominating possession. I think that's our I would goal. I'd be quite tempted to change the system um for next week and and I I'd be quite tempted to have um a a four two three one and to have um assuming he's fit Tiago alongside Endo in uh, in central midfield. Um, have Trent and, and Robbo playing, you know, the more, more of the fullback roles, um, and then you know take take your pick from the other the other positions. I certainly think Gakpo would be an important player. I think Soboslai picks himself. Um, I think Diaz picks himself, assuming he's assuming he's fit. Um, but I, I certainly think we need that. What what I think we need to be clear about is that we've got the 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 at the middle of the pitch locked up uh, and we've also we're also protecting those flanks because I think they've got players who can hurt you down on the both sides they'll certainly be looking for any hint of a weakness in terms of our system and a setup and anyone who's got a, a half competent analyst even on the two games we played this season will be able to see that there's still big gaps there to be exploited and I just think they've got the pace and the power to get at us um, so I'll be thinking really about changing the system I don't think Klopp will do that no I think he'll just go with the same. Um, so I am slightly concerned, really. The, the caveat to that is is that we look like in a gunfight we can outshoot anybody. Um, I think I think we've got the capacity to to get goals out of nothing. We've got players who can do that. We've, we've definitely got the best. We've got the best attack in the league. I think we've got the best individuals and you know collectively as well. I think they link well together. On paper, we have. Yeah. I still need to see more of it, like how it clicks and that. But on paper, yeah. But I suppose, I suppose the point I'm making is we've got as in even even if it hasn't clicked as individuals, yeah. they can all work something, can't they? Yeah. They're all capable of getting a goal out of nothing, um, and I don't think other teams have got that in anywhere, either at all or in the numbers that we've got it. So yeah, I, I, I suppose I'm yeah a little bit concerned about Sunday. Really, uh, it's a it's a big test. Uh, it's probably a bigger test than last week was. Uh, well, definitely a bigger test than last week was, I think, because I think Newcastle have started the season pretty well. 
They've made some good signings, and they just they they're a club with a really coherent strategy. I think at the moment, um, that they've been building towards for a couple of years, whereas we kind of like have almost like started again. Mm. Um, so yeah, just I'm just worried about being overrun, being overpowered. You know, and, you know, and, and them getting in behind us and getting getting at us. That's that's what concerns me. If if I th- when you said I think we'll go look to dominate the ball, I'm not sure we've got the capacity to do that. I think we're giving it, we're still giving it away too easily. We're still not, um, we're not protecting it, looking after it, making the right decisions enough. Um, what do, what do you expect? What do you think? I, we're gonna do? I think we'll we'll have the the majority of the possession, and they'll probably have more chances. That's what I'm expecting from the game now. And what? How do you think that'll transmit? That how do you think that'll that'll come through into a result? High scoring game could go either way. Wouldn't even like to call it, but I do think they'll have loads of chances. But I think we will yeah. as well. Yeah, it's just going to come down to like who, who's the, who finishes better on the day. But I am worried about the game. No doubt about it. It has got the potential yeah. to go badly for us. Yeah. Yeah, just too. need to see more. No, I just if we were two months into the season, I'd I'd have like a better handle on what I was expecting from us. But yeah, we've we've played two games, and I don't think we really know any more than we did before those two games. Yeah, we just need to see more, don't we? See that that central midfield bothers me. The central midfield, and then the knock on of that in that space behind Trent. That's what bothers me. That issue has not gone away yet, I don't think. No, it hasn't. It's still very much there. And I think every, everything else stems from that and from other teams' perceptions of that as a weakness. Yeah. I think, I don't know when we played them, it was quite late in the season, so I think we were probably playing this this formation when we when we played there. I think we were, because I remember um, Darwin scored from a, a Trent pass, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he did, because Kieran Trippier played him on side. Trent just played the ball over the top for Darwin to run onto, so Trent was playing in in that role in that game. So we did play that way, and then even when they were down to ten men, they created loads of chances against us. So yeah, I'm definitely worried about that. I think they'll have no problems creating chances, but I think we'll create chances as well. And I, I don't know how it's going to go. But I, I think we'd start Darwin. I think I'd start Darwin. I'd, I, I, I would he... as well, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the only change no. will be Endo for McAllister, unless we win the appeal. And then it may be Endo for Gakpo, possibly, and McAllister yeah. moving further forward. Or yeah. it might be Matt Gakpo might go in the front three and it might be Jota who, who drops out. Yeah, it comes know. out, yeah. But I don't yeah. think we're going to see a, a change in the system and I don't think we'll see too many personnel changes either. Did I see somebody say something about about uh, Darwin dropped off today at the end? Uh, it was Brownie saying he, he just got off as soon as the whistle went. He didn't like, he stay out of like the fans. Yeah, probably... He's probably just trying to get at me, isn't it? Like every every little Darwin jab in that chat is like just trying to get a <laughs> get a rise out of me, and it usually does. So I don't know. Well, that, I'd have to see it. Like, and I want a better source. It's than time Brownie to pay the paper. Like you can't. Well. You can't spend your whole life. You can't spend your whole life, but poking other people and then and then be surprised when it comes back at you. You're the master at the pokes in that chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's just far too much like. Darwin hate in there for my liking. Yeah, I, I don't see how you can hate him, but I think I I, I I I like him as a player. I like a lot of things to say about him, but there are definite questions about him. And I, that's for me. I'm just coming back to what I was saying before. Really, if if this system isn't moving to some way at some point incorporating Darwin, I don't know what we're doing. I agree completely. 
what did we sign him not, for if that if the plan exactly. wasn't to if we didn't have a plan for what we wanted to do with him then what the hell are we even yeah. thinking we, we, we might as well sell him if that's the case just get but him in I, there what I'm hoping is get him playing well, yeah I, 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 I agreed and what I'm hoping is I think Klopp I don't think Klopp will want to give up on him at all but what worries me is if Klopp thinks he can make him a different player I'm not sure he can no I think he can make him a refined version of what he is a more refined version of what he is but he can't make him a different player. That's like I said last week. He's a peacock. You've got to let him fly. <laughs> yeah, do you know when you spoke that? Clip his wings. I, I, do you know when you said that? I googled. I <laughs> listened to the pod. Can peacocks fly? <laughs> <laughs> they can only jump about ten feet into a tree. Uh, That's as far as they can go. Have you not seen the other guys? Uh, no. It's from the other guys. Oh, you've got to watch oh, okay. it. That's oh, a legendary <laughs> quote. Mark Wahlberg just saying to Will Fell, he's like, "I'm a peacock. You've got to let me fly." <laughs> Oh, I have seen it. I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, have we got nothing else we need to? We need to. No, oh, no there no, is okay. something we need to discuss. Go on, what? Well, didn't Dan have something to share? Oh yeah. Um, that's why, like, Dan's not on tonight. Jules and Brownie are both travelling home, and Dan was supposed to be on, but Dan's at a fancy dress party tonight, and he's not gone as the Godfather. Can you believe that? Got it. He said. Absolutely he said he was. It. He was planning on going as the Godfather, and then he's ended up going as Ace Ventura instead. Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. Better be an impression to go with it. Yeah. Dan, when you listen to this, you need to start working on your Ace Ventura impression. We need that on the next pod. Yeah, and I, I am disappointed he didn't go as the Godfather, but yeah, me may, maybe, next time, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, I think we're done, and. Um, yeah, so we just have to hope it goes well next week at Newcastle. I do fear the worst, to be honest. I could see that going badly for us, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortunately, just, so can just I, yeah. Forwards need to be on the game. Forwards put the chances away and then, you know, hopefully get the job done. But, um, yeah. yeah, so we'll be back after the Newcastle game. I think Chris is going to host next week. Um, he doesn't usually do weekends, but we haven't really got many midweek games, so uh, I think Chris is going to host next week. And thanks for listening, and, yeah, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom (laughs) 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 what was this it was really good